Welcome to the Wedding Film Academy podcast, your go-to source for learning to create stunning wedding films and run a successful business. Here's your host, Lumix Luminary and wedding filmmaker, Jordan Bunch. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wedding Film Academy podcast. Today, we are not talking about weddings. No, sir. Uh, Today, it's just the guys hanging out here in studio. I'm hanging out with Nick and Marshall if you are a longtime listener of the podcast, you've heard both of these guys multiple times. Um, they are working with me on all fronts. Uh, of course, they do shoot weddings with us, and that's how they got started in this biz. Um, but both of them have also been working with us on the new project, Film Mavericks, which we've talked about a little bit in the past. Um, we, we really dove in deep on kind of the creation, the formation of Film Mavericks as an entity. I know we talked a lot about the show um, that we're doing, the show called Mavericks, which is now an actual thing. So people can go and watch our show now on YouTube. So if you want to watch some awesome content, learn how to be a better business person, then hop on over to our YouTube channel, Film Mavericks on YouTube. And we've got some cool stuff over there. Um, but yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for humoring us here. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Just please go uh, subscribe. Hit that subscribe yeah, button. Please subscribe <laughs> <laughs> and leave a comment. Uh, see, I actually do write their checks, so yeah. uh, that's not actually a joke when I yeah. say Weenie. I paid you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he does pay us to say it, but we we tend to we tend to like it when you do it when you do it. You know. Nick was actually the first Patreon subscriber. Oh, yeah. Fun fact. So I tried to get him not to not to buy it. I was like, I'll just give it to you. But uh, yeah, and actually, one other fun fact is Nick actually the current project that you're editing right now. Why don't you say something about the current project Ooh, that you're yeah. editing? We're doing uh, the How to Shoot a Wedding series for the uh, video, the like the second tier members. Where you know Jordan sits down with the filmmaker and they watch a video, one of the filmmaker's favorite uh, wedding video, and they just kind of do like you know commentary, straight up just like classic commentary. The video, you know, they go over the shots, they go over gear, they go over the day, the couple's mentality. Uh, first one's with Larry Marshall, and it's like his like favorite video from last year, and it's like. It's incredible. It's epic. Larry, yeah, it's, it's an epic one. Larry's super talented, um, and it's it's very cool because the series is going to be, I think, a a almost like a series of like crash courses on how to film a wedding. Like that's the whole design of uh, of tier two on Patreon is all about like these snippets of getting a crash course from a bunch of different wedding filmmakers who are really at the next level, at the highest level of filmmaking. So if you are at a place where either you're at that place yourself um, and you just want to hear from your peers, or if you're getting started or you're kind of in a place where, you know, you're kind of in the middle of the pack and you want to step your game up, this is going to be a really awesome series for you. We're going to do it once every month. Um, so we'll be releasing this episode here uh, very soon. And uh, again, it's only for tier two subscribers. For, for an extra five bucks a month, you're going to get a crash course every single month on how to film a wedding from some of the best in the industry. So 
Yeah. And our own Nick is going to be creating those. So that's going to be pretty awesome. They're fun. But the topic of today's episode is more about the the way that Film Mavericks has really shifted in a pretty significant way since we last since we last did this podcast. Um, because last time we were sort of thinking we would be kind of a catch all for corporate uh, films and that sort of thing, and I think at some level we still will be that. In terms of if people come to us because they want us to film a conference or whatever, like we're going to say yes to that as much as we can. Um, You know, if they want a one-off commercial, like absolutely, we'll be excited to do that. Um, However, the we're we're also kind of narrowing in our um, our sort of public pitch of who we are um, because we want to be we we want to really specialize. I think we we sort of have have lived in this world now where everybody's kind of a jack of all trades master of none and totally. we really we don't want to be that we want to move into deep specialty and be really really good at a couple of things and so that's really kind of where we're honing our crafts and we're going to talk in depth about how we're able to move from in the past, thinking about clients who, you know, uh, corporate clients who we produce something for from, you know, three to $5,000 range to now talking about having clients come in and uh, book a contract with us that's worth $30,000, $35,000 just by making a shift of our mindset of how we approach the projects um, and being able to offer a lot of value to clients um, for, what to them might be um, a significant investment, but it's it's there's a whole lot of bang for their buck there. And so we've been able to really shift our approach and bring in very high value clients to us. So, so yeah, if that's interesting to you, if you are a wedding filmmaker, but you do some corporate work on the side and you'd like to improve that, or you'd like to just start doing some corporate work and the idea of, you know, getting a client for, a year for thirty, thirty-five, forty thousand dollars sounds like something that you want to do. Then this episode is going to be for you because that's what we're talking about today. So, um, yeah, let me say, um, well, uh, Marshall, maybe talk a little bit about. Actually, first, Nick, maybe you tell them a little bit more about um, the Mavericks episodes that we're doing, and then Marshall, I'm gonna let you talk a little bit more about some of the the basics of the YouTube stuff. So. Yeah, Nick, update them on our thought because we've we've taken really kind of two specialties here and saying we're going to do these two things. So, Nick, tell them about Mavericks. Yeah, I think Mavericks uh, is kind of was the way in which that we wanted to like sort of showcase or like profile our skills as, you know, a production company and what we can do for people. It was a way to to you know, make a show, a documentary style show, uh, and sort of show what we can do for people that will need, need video in their business model or something like that, whether that be marketing or, or what have you. But, you know, the, the whole inception of, of Mavericks, of interviewing these entrepreneurs and making a show about it came about because we wanted to interview people that would probably want some sort of uh, video 
aspect in their business. So that was really, I mean, the inception of it to try to just like show people what we can do. And we didn't, I mean, we really didn't have like a whole lot of work as far as like when you were just freelancing as, you know, doing JBP and kind of like just doing one-off stuff for people. We didn't have something that could kind of show what being on YouTube can do and sort of uh, bring them into the fold as far as like, you know, being staying relevant on YouTube and not making just one-off videos, but, you know, keep them coming every week for a year. That's really going to, you know, bolster your content and show people what you can do. So that was kind of like, just kind of our like, you know, our battering ram through the front door of like, this is us, like this is what we can do and this is why you should do it. And I, you know, for the most part, I mean, it's worked yeah. in a big way. Yeah, I think using it, the, the analogy there, a battering ram is perfect for actually for yeah. what we've done because um, we went from just an idea and a website and a team, obviously like a, you know, a, a competent team because we've done a lot of this in the past, but in terms of the entity itself, Film Mavericks, brand new, but we had to come in and show like we are a significant force here and this is the um, sort of the depth and the, the quality of, of our knowledge and what we're able to do. And so, yeah, we, we hand-selected people who we said, I think these people will, A, make really cool content for us because what they do is super interesting, but also, B, they have a high capacity and need to hire someone who can do a lot of work for them. Um, and not knowing whether or not they would do that, but to know, okay, I'm going to, in the process, show off what my team is capable of, um, show off sort of the quality of, of what we're doing, and also build a great relationship with this person over the course of you know three hours of conversation with them. People who would otherwise be like, you know, it's hard to have a conversation with them, hard to, you know, why would they spend three hours with me otherwise to right. really have a time where I'm really getting to know them well. And so building this great relationship with them where then we can begin to open up the door to talk about what are other things that we could do for you. Um, so Marshall, maybe talk about the other things that we are trying to do for them. Right. So, you know, I think the core of really um, our long term goal with YouTube contracts and looking at, you know, helping businesses with their overall content um, is, you know, we're highlighting these mavericks, but in terms of long term value of what they see from video, um, we also want to highlight what those mavericks do and what makes them special. And we believe really, you know, in the long form of that, you know, the Mavericks episodes are outstanding and they're a really good start, but if they really want to hone in and create leads for their own business and really highlight what they do, um, having a YouTube content that's long form, that's something that, you know, we're releasing an episode every week for a year, that's going to create a lot more impact for their business and ultimately lead to a lot more leads and sales. Um, and that's really what we're trying to accomplish. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely a model that makes sense, because uh, if you think about it one way, you know, video, there's a lot of one off stuff and you're going to get a lot of one off work. But the most valuable connections you can make at, in any business um, is those long term contracts that you can land um, that give you consistent work and then they can lead to referrals to other businesses. Um, and that's, that's really our model that we're, we're, we're honing in on. And that's, that's our specialization. That's that is what we do. So yeah, we'll do the one-offs, 
but we really want to take your business and we want to help you with your branding. We want to help you with your content because that's going to lead to, we want to be able to help quantify that and see that maybe that helps you with your sales. Maybe, and then maybe that helps you at least at the very least highlight that you are a very good, very talented person. Absolutely. Yeah. It kind of has to fit a little bit with some, some, you know, it's really isn't you kind of, it has to be for somebody who knows a lot about their industry. It has to be for somebody who wants to be the face of their business. And it has to be for somebody who can kind of speak intelligently about whatever it is they're doing. Like, you know, if you're a, a coder and you've come up with a good a- app and you're not really the talk on camera type person, but you want to do well with your business, it's not really going to fit well with you. You might right. need to find another marketing strategy. But if you're, you know, um, somebody who, who knows that they can kind of maybe not the best on camera, but knows that they can kind of get better, has a want to kind of be on camera and like, and have, you know, just show up and perform and then have somebody else do all the nitty gritty, sewing it up, editing it up, making something compelling, uh, have someone else do that. It, this is a model that would work great for you. And then you just, you know, you share it, yeah. you know, you share it with friends and family. Maybe you run a little uh, AdWords campaign and, and and blast it out or something like that. But it, it, if you're if you're willing to sort of be the face and find that. Uh, find that voice, then this will work w- great for you. And that's where Mavericks is kind of like, is it's sort of mining that. It's like finding the people who are, you know, put, you know, Mavericks started by just uh, almost put it blasting out onto a Facebook group and putting out an application yeah. saying, you know, do you want to talk about your business? Fill out this application. And, and then, you know, you got great apps from that. I think f- a few of the, the, the several apps of the episodes came from that. Came from that, yeah. I, I want to, I think we talk about this so easily just to make a clear distinction. The company is called Film Mavericks. Right, yeah. Mavericks is the name of the show that we're producing for ourselves on YouTube. So like, um, you know, this is something that we're producing because we, it's, we're not letting the clients have a say in what the content looks and feels like. Right. Um, that's, it's fully under our control. They don't get, revisions anything right. like that it's just like we put it out and when we put it out it's out there that's the way it's going to be yeah. um so so mavericks is our show that we're producing so yeah just to clear up the the muddy waters there True. um but yeah that's been um and and we've also we were um you know talking with companies on the youtube side who you know maybe it's uh you know, the smaller businesses, it's usually kind of the, the CEO is going to be the guy, right? Who's going to be the face of, of their of their company and the face of the YouTube channel. But we have, you know, I'm talking with another company. They're a much larger company. And they have a guy who has the title of brand ambassador um, or I think it's brand evangelist, something like that. And so, you know, some companies have someone like that who is more the face of their company. So, um, you know, especially when you start talking about larger companies, it's not always it has to be a perfect fit because the CEO is that particular type of person. There's probably whether it's, you know, an ambassador like that, whether it's a, a salesperson, whether they have like a good PR guy, like most large companies are going to have someone who could do this well. Yeah. Um, it's the smaller companies where you really have to find that unique person who can be on camera. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll say a little bit more about that just kind of just in terms of the basics. So from a, from a basics level, 
um, what we're doing is we're saying we want to produce a video every single week for you, which if you know anything about YouTube, uh, you know that that is like, that's the way to build an audience, to have consistent quality content that brings value to people. If you can do those things, like if it's quality, consistent, and it brings value, you're going to grow a channel. Um, and you know, it's going to take time obviously, but, um, but if you have, if you have that recipe, it's going to be successful. And so what we have, um, you know, talk to our clients into doing here is that we're going to um, bring the cost down significantly by batch shooting. So if we were to produce a video every single week for a client, you know, um, that's just sort of the YouTube standard three to six minute video, um, not too fancy with editing and stuff. It's, it's quality, but um, in terms of like the execution of it, pretty simple. Yeah. Then it would probably still be, you know, like $1,500 plus per video to do something like that. Um, but if we can instead dedicate a full day every quarter to these clients where, you know, they can, we can sit down with them for a full day, eight to 10 hours in a day, bust out 12 videos in a single day of filming. Um, and then, you know, batch edit it and make them, uh, you know, it's, we, we, through the process of shooting it, make sure that the edit's going to be pretty easy, pretty basic, um, but still look awesome. Then we can bring that cost down significantly by locking them into a year long contract. So rather than, um, my math is, is pretty awful. I'll bust out the calculator here. But, you know, if we were doing um, $1,500 a video, they're talking about, you know, $78,000 to have a video a week. Um, that's pretty, you know, I mean, there's some companies who could do that, you know, and I hope we find them. <laughs> yeah. That would be fun. That would be fun. Um, but, you know, if instead, like on average, we have a $30,000 contract, and we're doing 52 videos a week. Um, I did the wrong math there. <laughs> uh, it ends up being uh, $577 per video, um, which is, you know, if you if you hear this like as a, as a filmmaker and you hear $570 a video, you're like, oh, you guys are idiots. Like, that's stupid. Yeah. But by filming this in batch, and we're talking about, you know, a total of four days of filming in a year. We actually did, I said 12. It's actually 13 videos that we shoot in a day. So if we shoot 13 videos in a day, it means we only have four days of filming in a year. Um, and then we have, you know, some some pretty simple edits. You know, we come up, we, we shoot a cool intro. We, we create a cool intro that can go onto every video. And then we have this sort of formulaic video that we can produce, um, you know, four days of shooting and, uh, you know, and then the editing goes throughout, like that's pretty stinking good actually. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and our margins on it are going to be, you know, great. And so, uh, and what it does is it enables us to get to a place where we can have a very consistent income. It builds in some awesome job security for people because, you know, with the wedding industry, we all know even for, you know, a volume brand like Ladybird Studios, 
there's still ups and downs. There's seasons where we're, you know, I mean, I think in November we have like 16, 17 weddings or something in November um, next month. And so like we have months like that. And then we have other months where we only have like five weddings and there's, you know, uh, you know, a full team of people to try to get work to. And so, you know, that's difficult on everybody. And so, you know, we're really trying to build something that, uh, there's there's always work. We always have money coming in every single month. We know that these checks are going to come in and these people have this consistent work coming through. And so, yeah, just to build, to build something bigger than we're doing now, it enables us to have that kind of job security. It also enables us to like predictably grow our team. Yeah. Um, and so we're actually doing that. So, uh, you know, one of the fans of the podcast um, he's lives in Chicago, so he's, you know, across the entire country away. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually moving here next month to come and work for us and to help produce these, um, these YouTube videos for us. And, you know, so by having something that is far more predictable, it makes it from a business owner's perspective, it gives me so much more peace knowing that, yes, I can add new people to the team because, this, this income is going to come in every single month in addition to what we do with Ladybird Studios. And so, you know, like I can know, yeah, I'm going to have enough work for that person for them to kind of pull, rip up all their roots where they lived in Chicago their whole life with all their family and move down here. And I can feel like good and confident about that yeah. because I know that they're going to have this much work that this can be their full-time job. So. Yeah. It's a pretty big shift for us, though. It's a shift for, like, a lot of people in the way they think as well. I mean, as filmmakers, you want to be as artistic as you can, and you want to be telling a new voice, and, you know, all the things that I think we care about and the way we think. And when when you start to hear words like batch shooting and formulaic, you start thinking, like, boring, (laughs) and, like, oh, this is – I'm just, you know, making videos for – a grocery store or uh, you know some random consulting firm or whatever what have you but there are if, giving yourself obstructions giving yourself boundaries and things to work within you can make these videos interesting you know right. and you can make compelling content with when you're basically being like a boutique video production unit firm for someone you know you're you're, you're working with somebody one-on-one you want their channel to do well you you're 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 shooting with them for a day. You're getting to know their personality. So when you get into the editing room and you're like trying to think about like put yourself in the shoes of whoever they're talking to, it's like, okay, so I need to make a, I need to make a video with this person's voice in mind. That's going to appeal to this group of people. And then you just go to work from there. And you know, it, it, it can be a challenge and it can be, it could be a fun challenge and a creative challenge, but it, it will keep you, it hones different set of skills than whether it just be, you know, editing a, a wedding video or creating a montage for somebody highlight reel or whatever. So I think I'm, I'm not going to be doing a whole lot of the editing, but I'm excited to see what Teddy can do when he comes in to start doing it. And I mean, even with me and Marshall, like working on the Mavericks episode, it, I think we've come at him from different, a different set of skills and sort of the same set of skills that, have brought like a different sort of flavor to each video. I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I think we definitely play off each other's editing styles yeah. well. I think that's the biggest thing is we just have different editing styles, but yeah. we do want to achieve one consistent style for the show. Right. Um, so it really is like um, meeting in the middle in some in some regards there. Um, you know, and, and, and it's from, you know, since we, we all do weddings um, and we spend a lot of time doing weddings, um, for those listening that are, you know, wedding filmmakers – um, that maybe are looking into diversifying their portfolio and going into doing more corporate work, or maybe they already do more corporate work. I think the consistent like opinion that we're all having with this experience that we're having with, with Mavericks, film Mavericks, um, is that it also is pretty fun to be working around cool cars and do something yeah. wildly different than, you know, getting uh, portrait shots of couples and stuff like that. As beautiful and artistic and as fun as that can be, yeah. um, it is really great. Um, to be able to do something else and, and, and have a variety of different work because being able to do different things, you know, we do want to specialize. Right. But, um, you know, if, if you, if something you're looking at doing is getting into more corporate work, it's definitely something we'd recommend. Uh, Nick mentioned something about sort of like the idea of, and, and I totally get where you come from there. Like that, the words I threw out like batch shooting, those kind of things can like sound like boring. Marshall, talk about, talk about the experience of batch shooting this yeah. last one that we just shot. Um, so we batch shot Tell them how boring it was. Yeah. No, we, uh, <laughs> we had a, a felt like a warehouse, but it was a, you know, a car detail shop full of, um, High dollar luxury sports vehicles. Yeah. Just put it that way. And we got to light them all up. One was a Ferrari. We got to use as a backdrop. $600,000 car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that they just um, basically left us alone in a room with. So um, we got to light it however we want. Um, it was that, that was ex- an amazing experience. Um, it was relevant to um, our clients. YouTube channel. So of course that's even better, right? It's not just a random Ferrari. <laughs> right. Using um, the car industry. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, that was a blast. That was amazing to do. And, um, you know, you can find relevant to the industry ways to create fun and interesting shoots, batch shoots, um, by simply putting yourself in really fun environments. Absolutely. And, and tapping into your network and so much of this honestly is about networking. Like, uh, that's like the biggest understatement I could possibly make. So, uh, if, if you've, if you followed this podcast for, for a while and you heard some of the other stuff that we talked about in the previous episodes about film Mavericks and the idea, I actually hired a person to do like the vast majority of her job is networking. Yeah. Um, so, so I hired a studio manager to kind of take care of clients, um, start to finish, like let me be hands off in terms of just communication with clients. Um, and so she does that. That's like half of her job. And the other half of her job is going to networking meetings. Um, like, yeah, just, just networking every single day. Like she is literally at one or two networking meetings every day of the week, uh, five days a week. And that is, has been incredibly valuable to us. Um, and so, yeah, networking has been huge for us, not just in the aspect of, yeah, like she's finding people who can be both short and long-term clients of ours, but, uh, 
also from the perspective of like some of the networking that I've been doing because of the show that we're producing, because we're producing Mavericks has put us like heavy, deep, deep, deep into the car industry in some really cool ways that ended up like one of those connections ended up leading us to this garage that does like these, they call them clear raw wraps. It's like this clear film on top of cars to make sure the paint always looks perfect for like the next 20 years. Um, so that's where we ended up shooting in this car. Yeah. I mean, we shot with a, uh, this like matte blue BMW M2 that just looked awesome under the light. And then the Ferrari F12 that had a hundred thousand dollars worth of carbon fiber upgrades. <laughs> I think it was just ridiculous. Um, but it's just, it's, it's one thing leading to another. And I think two things in terms of like the networking side, they've been so critical um, besides what I just said about, you know, having Sarah focus so much of her energy there um, is asking people, being willing to, to, to ask people for things. Um, and second to like say yes at any opportunity. Yeah. Um, you know, and so like those two things have just been huge. So, you know, the, the first thing, like being willing to ask, like we have this guy who's been loaning us, he's got, pretty awesome car collection right now he he like cycles through cars he's just a big car guy like he just loves awesome cars and he's got the money for it so he has right now he has six cars and he just cycles through like he doesn't keep any car longer than six months um, and so he just rotates through his collection so we've been using all of his cars for some of the episodes and i just asked him like you know hey who else do you know that i should meet and he's introducing me to uh you know to this this uh this clear bra place who has all these cars in it and i go to them you know to meet them and ask them if we can shoot there tell them you know how some product placement in the video so you're gonna have you know half the videos are gonna be shot in your garage so you're gonna have 20 something videos 26 videos this year that have your you know your logo in the back of it um, because it's hanging up in the sign in the garage back there right so um so he was thrilled to do that super happy to work with us and give us the space for free to shoot in which like brought this client's value up tremendously to have a six hundred thousand dollar car in the back of his videos you know um so he our client felt like he was just uh had the red carpet rolled out for him but yeah just just asking for favors and i found like by asking uh, most people say yes you know Um, I had lunch the other day with a, I believe she's 75 year old woman, um, who is a race car driver of all things and currently a race car driver. Not, she was a race car driver, but she's currently a race car driver and we are pumped to make a show all about her because that's just going to be freaking epic. But yeah, she let me drive around in her BMW M2 after lunch. She's like, yeah. And like, you know, I'm, I'm pushing it hard. Uh, you know, from the, from the stoplight. And she's like, no, push it harder. You know, like, You're shifting too early. You're shifting at 400 RPM. You need to be shifting at 700. I was like, holy crap. You know, <laughs> who is this grandma? <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it's just like the doors that open when you are willing to ask and you say yes to things, you know, like I had, uh, you know, this is kind of an, an, another leading leading into that idea of just being willing to ask and say yes. You know, I had a a friend in the wedding industry who 
recently uh, because of kind of a series of events. Um, let me fly his World War II Chinese fighter plane, which there's like 20 of left in the world. And he took me up in it and then let me take control of the plane. <laughs> let me fly this thing. There's GoPro footage floating there on is, my computer yeah, right now. We need to, we're we need to we're gonna get that right. edited. But we're, we're in this World War II plane doing barrel rolls and flips. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the next week I bring him a gift. Uh, I brought him a, a nice bottle of rum. And he says, hey, come to this party I'm about to go to. So I say, yes. And this opens up the door for us to go have a conversation with a guy who owns 70 food trucks in town and this big commissary building where they house all these things and sell all these, uh, all these small business owners, their groceries. And, and he has happens to have produced a number of shows on the food network. And now he wants us to shoot a pilot of this idea for a show that he wants to sell the food network. It's just been wild, like in a very brief amount of time, what happens when you invest a ton of energy into into producing content that you want to make, into uh, networking heavily and asking for favors and saying yes at any opportunity. Like the doors have just been flying open. It's like you talked about, Nick. It's Mavericks has definitely been the battering ram because as we've been able to show that to people as we're in these networking meetings, as we're you know talking with people and I can show them a 30 second trailer for an episode and their, you know, their response is always huge to it. You know, yeah. they always love it. They say, wow, this is so well produced. Like, you know, the guy who has produced stuff for the food network, he's looking at our 30 second trailer for an episode uh, that we shot and produced just for YouTube and he's like, oh, yeah, you guys would be perfect for this. This is exactly what I want. This is the right quality. Like, I love y'all's vision. Yes, let's do it. You guys are the ones. We want you to produce this thing for us. You know, so, yeah, using that as like a battering ram has been pretty stinking awesome. And you've just kind of been, I mean, you're not like, you're not just like asking for favors. Like, I don't know. It just, it, it never seems like, yeah, just do me a favor type thing. It's always like there's just like a reciprocation happening of like, I, you know, I can do this for you and, or you can do this for me and I can repay you by doing this for you type thing, you know, like there's a, a lot of it. Yeah. a trading of yeah, kind absolutely. of services. Yeah. And like, it's very like, it, it doesn't ever feel like no one is like kind of getting left in the dust. You know, it's just like with the exception of the guy who lets us just borrow the cars. Cause yeah. like, what, what, you know, I don't know Jimbo what I can do for him. Didn't really He's get just anything a, out of that. He's just a nice guy <laughs> doing the right thing. And I'm sure if, you know, if he ever came to us and was like, I need a video for something. Uh, oh, yeah, Jim. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Absolutely. And it's just like leverage. Lev- I mean, I'm so bad at Jordan. When I watch Jordan do this and he'll come back from a, from a, a meeting or something, it's just like, and he comes back. It's like, yeah, I ended up, uh, having a meeting and we have this whole thing lined up next week. I'm, you know, or I'm meeting. Oh, and now I'm meeting a, uh, race car racing granny. It's just, (laughs) I I am so not that person. Yeah. I mean, it's just when it's such a skill you have to hone It is just like getting white balance, right? You have to be good at talking to people and, uh, you know, being, not likable but just being somebody willing to have a conversation you being a good conversation is marshall's a great conversationalist he'll he, he he keeps the flow going like 
you, it's just a good skill to have to to be able to show off how good you are and that's why people want to work with you people want to work with you not only because you're competent at your ability but that they like to work with you that's yeah. kind of like the the secret sauce if i may you yeah. know you can be great but at uh you know getting great composition and color but if you're kind of uh don't like to talk to people that skill goes unnoticed yeah or it can yeah and so you know if if that's you like maybe hire somebody to help you with that definitely you know make that investment and i know it feels like oh i can't spend that money because my margins aren't good enough whatever i don't have a big i don't have a big wedding studio like you i'm doing you know 15 20 a year whatever like sacrifice make that investment you know like we're we've been producing this mavericks show on my own dime it's been very very expensive um and you know i i you know uh, hired someone to to make sure that we did a great job of communicating and that we were at every networking event we could be at and that's very expensive to hire someone to do that and i'm not saying you have to do it at that scale but do it at some scale, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. whether it's, whether it's you, if you can build up that skill set or you already have it, or you have a friend who um, has confidence, you know, who has confidence through the roof and, and can talk to anyone and is a great listener and you can teach the basics about what you do so that they can sell it to people like make that investment. It is, it is so worth the investment that you can make, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, don't, don't, don't throw that money away on other things. I think so much of, of what has enabled us to be able to even accomplish this is like my frugality, you know, like, uh, you know, I drive a 20 year old car, you know, Um, a 20 year old car that can go 500,000 miles. (laughs) It is. It's a beast. It's not like you're driving like a a Fiesta or a Honda Civ. Yeah. Yeah, I love my love my LX. Dude. It's a it's a bad mother, but you know, it's still like I don't buy cars that cost more than ten thousand right. dollars. You know, I, and I make sure like I'm able to pay cash for anything that I do. Like that frugality has been extremely beneficial to, you know, to be at a place where we're not as a as a business, we're never gonna like we I'm gonna say we never will because who knows what we're gonna have to do in the future. But we've never carried any debt. And so like that frugality has opened up enough cash flow so that we could invest in those things. Um, whenever this is just kind of a whim thing, like, uh, an idea, like, I think this will work. Um, maybe it will, maybe it will crash and burn and I'll have wasted a bunch of money that I could have bought a Porsche with. It always, it always comes back to the Porsche. <laughs> That's that's the consequence of shooting the show. Actually, is that after driving Jimbo's Porsche Macan Turbo, the Turbo man, that Turbo is just insane. You'll just, walk into you'll walk into Jordan's room and he's just like YouTubing like cheap Porsches. <laughs> he's just trying to be like the most. He's trying to be like the most frugal Porsche 911 owner. <laughs> like, oh, if you buy them from this era to this era, like you can get one under twenty grand. Yeah, you get one in like less than ten. Exactly. You know, it's got a. 50,000, 60,000 miles on it. Exactly. I was just showing Marshall actually on the way to go pick up my car yep. from the shop. It's like, dude, look at this one. It just popped up, dude. This is only $7,000 <laughs> for this amazing involved. boxer. 
it, <laughs> even if you did a, a finance of four years, it's only like a hundred dollars a month. Like, exactly. Even if you couldn't pay cash for it, you just gotta go buy it. Like, exactly. why are you waiting? Exactly. I will eat beans and rice if I need to. <laughs> My family will eat beans and rice. That's right. <laughs> Annabelle likes smart. black beans yeah. already, so it's fantastic. It'll all work out. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's so, I mean, these are all just skills that like, I mean, I'm not a bit, I'm not a business owner, but coming into this, it's just like watching you kind of work your way through this sort of landscape of, I mean, more or less just figuring out how to make a production house that is different, that serves a certain group of people, can serve anyone, but, you know, excels at doing like a certain thing. Uh, you really have to set yourself apart. I mean, cameras are only getting cheaper. Uh, YouTube is addressing only younger and younger kids. I mean, the, the game is changing like every year as far as like what people can do. And YouTube University is just like, I mean, we're all learning from that. So you if you're not figuring out actively how, figuring out how to how to set yourself apart, uh, then you're going to get into a place where the market is super diluted. You know, it's just it, it's a bottom line. Like you can't you, you can't just be like uh, the the the, uh, the catch all for for people. I mean, we I feel like we're really like good at serving a client really well. Like we can answer them you know, specifically to what they want. And I think if you start from there and then work backwards, you can find like a good place. And you, and like, I mean, I, I was skeptical in the beginning about YouTube. I was like, YouTube. Yeah. I mean, I go to YouTube to watch educational videos and I mean, I don't know, but then like, you know, you kind of kept bringing up this whole like meet, uh, influencer marketing and like that's, I mean, continued to make more sense. And it, it is true. People, trust a person and if that person shows up every week no matter what they're talking about giving them free information like they're gonna they're going to they're gonna lean more towards that person's business and if it's like a, a high quality and yes if we're, we're producing these things on a tight budget yeah you know at the same time we have the skill set and the equipment and the know-how yeah. to be able to make it a high quality thing that we can still shoot at a, on a tight budget you know? Um, and so, yeah, having, having, uh, as a business owner, having content on a weekly basis of a very high quality immediately changes the perception of your business to the outside world. Yeah. You know, it can take you from looking like a, a one man show solopreneur trying to hustle to make their thing work to looking like a, large company who knows what they're doing it's been doing it a very long time and you know is is really kind of the leader in an industry and you know that's what we're able to offer to our clients to be able to offer them the opportunity for the rest of the world to look at them as the expert of their industry who is doing something much larger than what they're currently doing um and who um who has the resources to do things really well yeah. because you know, most of the content on YouTube is shot with people's iPhones, uh, you know, handheld by the person who is talking, you know, and, uh, you know, that's fine. I'm not even saying that's a bad thing because I've watched some good stuff like that. Yeah. 
but it does speak something about that person. You know, like I trust Ty Lopez less because he shoots everything with his iPhone and rambling forever, you yeah. know, like, and, and I know it's probably worked out screamingly well for Ty, you know, like he's probably making a crap load of cash off yeah. of that. Right. But, you know, I, I have a different, uh, sort of idea about who he is and who his business is because that's the quality of what he's doing there. Um, so yeah, we're able to, to really kind of just bring the, it's, you know, YouTube becomes, it's the storefront. We all know that our website, our web presence is our, our new storefront. You know, most people, uh, most of these companies, smaller companies, if they're operating out of an office, it's nothing impressive. A lot of them are just operating out of their home. Um, and if the people are working for them, they're working remotely. Um, and so it's, they don't have an impressive storefront, but, uh, by, by producing a, a strong online presence, that's just of a super high quality. We make everybody look like they're worth, you know, a million times more than they are. Yeah. And it's not even like a fake it till you make it scenario. Really. It's really just like they're hiring, you know, a, uh, they have a production house that knows how to make things look really good in an economic way, and they have all the skills already. I mean, they they already know they have the knowledge to talk about their business uh, intelligently. So, I mean, we're just highlighting that. You know, all we are is is bringing like a a clear and concise voice to somebody who can't who who knows where to invest properly. Because I mean, really. We are doing this truly in such an economic way, and I mean, after this, after this first YouTube run, I mean, it's it just has only, uh, it's only bolstered the fact that we can do this at such a good price point. I mean, it, it, I would say like where we shot, you know, gave us the opportunity to kind of make it seem like he was in a big office, but I mean, there was no like. There was no false promises or anything. It was just like a good-looking location. And I mean, this guy, he works out of this car a lot of the time, you know, answering phones a lot. So we just had like a good location to shoot. But, you know, you make your own interpretations about where they are. But it was the content that he was saying. It wasn't like, yeah, look at me. I'm a success story. It was just like, I'm giving you uh, I'm in a good place to shoot. And I'm giving you great facts about, you know, selling cars. It was just that was what it was about. But right. it, it worked so well. And. You know, and we, I mean, who cares if they want to do a fake it till you make it scenario? That's not really like what our place is to say. It's more or less for us to say, like, this is how we can do this every week at a good price. And I don't know. It just makes so much sense for anybody. I mean, YouTube, and it doesn't feel like a commercial either, which I think is important. You know, like, it doesn't feel like, like, uh, we're the very rare episode, Selly. The very, there's like a, you know, one out of eight videos might be a little bit more salesy. Yeah. Which is fine. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, I mean, they're they're selling their business in a way. And and that's, like you say, that's fine. But it's it still looks really good. And it I think you're willing, if, if, the, if that sort of personality and that charisma can show through enough uh, with your subject or uh, your client, then, again, it doesn't matter, you know? And there is a good, uh, there's something to be said about, you know, coming up with a good strategy with your client as far as what it what it is like. Maybe you you guys produce a lot of the videos, 
you know, when you sit down and bat shoot, but then you also have them do some stuff where they're talking into their phone and they just send that to you and you work that into your, into your release flow. You know, it just coming up with, uh, just being able to answer the, the client's needs to whatever audience is like super specific. And that's kind of like where you start using some of those skills from the wedding industry and like expressing them in your own way in this kind of corporate environment. You know, I think, I think that, I mean, and you can attest to this. I think when you shoot, the skills you learn in the wedding industry are, are directly applicable to what you're doing in the corporate side. I mean, just the, I mean, the, the very basic stuff, like learning to nail exposure with very yeah. limited amount of time yeah. and stuff like that really does apply to batch shooting and right. being able to get the YouTube content made very quickly, very good. Um, and it also, especially if you work, if you have a volume brand or you work for a volume brand, um, it's learning how to create quantity that is quality, right? You know, you, a lot of times people think quality doesn't have quality, but the, the trick with what we're trying to pull off is, you know, lots of work that gives that client tons of value, but it's still quality. Yeah. Big work. time. Absolutely. And I think this is an interesting part of the discussion actually, because um, that idea of a, a high value um, that we're able to offer them. So, the, the client that we just shot that we were talking about with the, the cars, I met with him um, and, you know, we were all locked in. He was ready to do it. He had done everything but signed the contract and paid us. Well, I met with him uh, to follow up and, and had lunch with him. And he was walking back heavy. He was, he was about to like, you know, he actually said like, yeah, sorry. I think I need to decide not to do it. And he was he was done and I, I went home I'm going to jump ahead when I went home that evening I told my wife I was like you know a year ago I probably would have said okay yeah I understand it's a lot of money no worries and moved on um, <laughs> but something's like something's changed in me in the last year where I was just like not ready to receive I was not I was not going to accept a no <laughs> and so <laughs> you know I was like all right you know, t- tell me more about, I said, tell me more about your business. Like I want to know, um, what a new client means to you. What is it? What is it? Um, if you, if you book a new client, how much money is that in your pocket? Um, and he told me a figure and I said, Oh wow. Okay. Uh, how much does it cost for you to get one of those clients right now? Um, and he told me that number and I started doing some math and I said, you know, this particular, like, I think it was, uh, means like for him to, to book a new client m- means $1,200 a month for him. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, do you realize how easy it is going to be for you to get your return on your investment here? And I started asking more questions. I said, do you have an email list? Said, yeah, I have an email list. How big is it? Uh, well, I have a list of car dealers that I send emails to that's about 1700 and I've got a list of uh, you know several thousand people that are you know potential car buyers I'm like okay so you have a, you know a client for him really means a car dealer that's who you know how he gets the 1200 bucks a month uh, for his business model but I'm like okay so 
you are going to get 1200 bucks a month if you sign on someone. And right now it costs you about $600 to get one of those clients. Um, I said, okay, so if, if, if we get in the course of 52 videos where you're sending out in your email, and I'm, this is going to be a requirement for you now. You've got to send this video out to every one of these uh, people on your email list every time we do a video. Um, and we only get uh, you know, three clients for you in the course of 52 videos, then you already did better than break even. Yeah. You know, over the course of a year. Over the course of a year. Yeah. Over the, an entire year, 52 videos. I'm like, if that's all we do, we were epic failures. Yeah. If we only add three new clients yeah. to your business in the course of 52 videos, you should absolutely fire us. We did a horrible job. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, if we only add, let's say, let's do the most conservative thing I can think of here. And let's say over the course of 52 videos, we only add one new client from your list of currently 1700 people who you're doing this to every two videos, every two videos, you get one client. You just 12 times your investment. <laughs> I'm like this. Is, he was coming from the perspective of, he was sort of thinking he was making like an emotional decision. Right. Just, he thought it would be cool to be like a YouTube guy, you know? Um, and I'm like, no, like from a business perspective, you're crazy not to do that. And I told him that. I said, if you don't do this, you're crazy. Yeah. Like, this is just an easy decision for you. Yeah. Um, and I actually told him, I was like, honestly, if I had known all this, I probably would have charged you a lot more. <laughs> I was like, in fact, if you would like, I was like, I believe in this so much. If you would like, let's backtrack and I want a commission instead <laughs> because you're going to make a crap load of money off I of this. I feel like he has to, you know? Yeah, he, he had to at that moment. He, he, he just hadn't thought through it. He hadn't run the right. numbers. And, you know, he was uh, just at a place of really thinking about just sort of the excitement of the overall thing and then thinking, oh, well, you know, this is a lot of money. Maybe I'm, um, you know, kind of getting ahead of myself, whatever. And so he just hadn't thought through those specific numbers. And so being able to think outside the box and think about, from a business perspective, are you actually going to be adding value to your clients or not? Because, you know, when it comes to wedding films, it's, yes, it's an emotional decision. You're making an emotional purchase because you connect with a particular filmmaker's work and you're willing to put that money out in order to get what they can create for you because that's what you want for yourself. It's personal, it's emotional, all that. Yes. When it comes to corporate work, it's not that at all. You know, yeah, maybe maybe you do get some clients from you know, time to time because they're making an emotional decision. However, if you want to get the high-value clients, it's all about figuring out how you can make them more money. If what I can do for you makes you far more money than what you're spending on me, why in the world would you not do it? You would be insane not to hire me. And that was the situation with him. And there could be situations where that's just not the case, where they are going to have to make an emotional decision because for whatever reason, you know, it's not going to bring enough value to them. If they want to do that, I'm not going to stop them. At the same time, like, they're going to need to be aware of that, yeah. you know, because if we want a long-term contract, like, they need to be aware of this is sort of the reality of it. And so yeah. I'd, I'd be honest with them. But 
you know, in, in a case like this, like, and this is the case with, with any business to business transaction that people make in the world of business at large, like if you can help bring more money in that I'm spending on you, then I need to say yes to do that. You know, it's like when you hire the knot, if you, if you're a, a company who hires the knot, the reason you hire them is because you believe that they can bring in more money than you're going to spend on them. Exactly. And, you know, if, if they can do that on a regular basis, then you hire them. And if you don't think that they can, then you do not hire them. Yep. It's, it's that basic fundamental. And so, um, yeah, basically it, it just comes down to that. Like that's the whole, that's the entirety of the sales pitch, you know, yeah. is, is listening to them, understanding their business, understanding what it means for them to get a new client, how much it costs for them to get a client now. Um, if, if what you can do can lower that cost or if it can just put more people into their pipeline, like in his situation, yeah, it would just be completely silly for him not to do it. And so it made that sales pitch very easy. Um, but again, like I said to my, to my wife, when I got home that night, I was like, I would have said, okay, fine. And just walked away from it. So it does take that, that, that moxie, that willingness to not accept the no, and to, to dig for the yes, um, you know, and sometimes you have to dig harder than, than other times. Like we're digging at with another client right now that we're trying to work out that we're gosh, having to dig forever. Um, really the reeling in this fish, been reeling this fish a long freaking time. (laughs) You better, you better come in, (laughs) but it's a big one. And so, you know, it'll be worth it. Uh, you know, once we get him in the boat, so Value propositions are interesting because you're going to have different clients, different businesses that value different things. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to have businesses that maybe they're not that. I mean, I don't know what business wouldn't be, but maybe they're not as concerned about content or, you know, maybe they're not worried about the return on their investment. Maybe they're just thinking really in the, in the grand scheme of things in the long run. You know what? What am I really gonna up, obtain from having my own YouTube channel and yeah. stuff like that? So, um, really, I think the key, and this is true of any sales tactics, if anyone who's ever worked in sales um, has gone through some form of this training, where you don't start with your sales pitch. You start with asking qualifying questions. You ask them, yeah. "Let me get to know you as a person. Let me get to know you as your business. If you're selling business sales." Um, and then let me know how I and my product is relevant to you. Um, because there will be times in sales where you you go through those steps and you realize maybe I'm not the per- best person for you. But, you know, um, at least you start there because you never want to open up guns blazing with uh, your sales pitches. And then they start to ask questions. And then you look silly because, oh, uh, well, you are the they are the ones discovering, okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm not a good fit. Yeah. At yeah. least it happens more organically in a conversation. Or knowing which which service or product you need to try to sell them. You right. Know? Like not everybody who comes in the door uh, for a meeting, I'm going to try to pitch them a, a YouTube channel. You know, I mean, we have a guy who sat in here last week and I was not about to pitch him a YouTube channel. Like for him, a YouTube channel would have been a bad idea. You know, he just... Uh, he was not at a place in his business where, you know, it would have been all that helpful. He also, you know, probably just didn't have like the charisma to, you know, to be able to keep people's attention for that long, um, on a weekly basis. Like that would have not been a good thing to try to sell him. 
but uh, producing a video that he's not a part of that's just like a commercial for them, yeah, like that could be really beneficial to him. Um, but yeah, by by learning more about him, by discovering um, who he is, what his business is like, then I could make an appropriate sales pitch to him for his business, and you know we were able to close that client. So um, yeah, that's that's great advice. That sales is much more about listening, asking good questions, than talking yeah smart stuff marshall's a whiz on the sales so all those iphones he was hawking (laughs) came into play when he came in here so a little little bit very quickly about myself jordan saved me from a full-time at&t sales position so i had to convince people to put a satellite dish on their house on their (laughs) four to five hundred thousand dollar house in lakeway so I know some. I know a little bit about convincing people to to make questionable decisions. <laughs> uh, Pretty genius. That's awesome. Well, we are uh, here on the hour, so we're going to wrap things up. Uh, any any last words of wisdom from you guys? Mm. No, I think we covered it. I mean, just always think about set yourself apart. Always think about you know. Am I, can I do, inter, can I make interviews? Can I, can I set up an interview really fast, look really good and bat shoot a bunch of stuff, be really good at doing interviews, you know, can I do, uh, you know, whatever it is, just, you want to be quick, you want to be economic, you want to be likable, do that and just find a way to set yourself apart. That's yeah. my tidbit. I think for wedding film making as well, but corporate work, especially, um, the only advice I would give and we've talked about this already. Parting advice, definitely in, invest in a team. You know, if, you, if there's something you're not good at, bring in people that are good at that. Um, and even if you don't think you don't have the money for it now, bringing that person in will grow your business and make you money. And then that will make your clients money. Absolutely. Yep. No doubt. I think all, all that fantastic wisdom. One thing I will say, uh, you and I talked about this, Nick is when we got to a place, we, when we got to a certain spot, like we started shooting really quickly. Same with when I was at the second location with you, Marshall. Um, but we were very slow and deliberate at the front end of how we set everything up. You know, I mean, slow as pro. Make sure you do it right and then and then move quickly. Right. You know? So like we spent, God, the first location, we probably spent an hour, an hour and a half, like, thinking about where we wanted to do this, setting it up, lighting it, making an adjustment because the client was uncomfortable with where they were sitting, putting them on a stool instead of a chair, resetting up all the lighting, changing up everything, Big difference. Uh, changing up how we did the audio because it wasn't working right then. Yep. Like just making sure that everything was perfect before we started, you know, and with each lighting setup of the different cars, we probably spent an extra 30, 40 minutes each time we had a different car, making sure the lighting was on point. We lit cars in different ways based on the curves of the car. You know, we didn't just have like a lighting setup. We just, you know, okay, pull the new car in. We changed it up. But, um, but yeah, being slow on the front end. And then once you're there, like we could bust them out. That was, um, that was awesome. Yeah. We bust out 13 videos on our, on our first shoot of doing those. And, you know, now, um, he's good to go for the next, you know, uh, three months. He doesn't, doesn't have to do anything in for three months. So anyways, uh, yes, 
good episode, guys. That was yeah. quality. I know this will be super helpful to anybody trying to get started in this, thinking about how to bring in consistent income on a regular basis, bring in high value clients. So hopefully you're crushing it out there. Hopefully this gives you some new ideas for how to crush it. If it is, we would love to hear from you. Drop us a line. Uh, let your friends in the industry know about the podcast if you think it would be helpful to them. And keep making movie magic. The Wedding Film Academy podcast is produced by Taylor Juarez. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe on Patreon so you never miss a show. And when you're done, head on over to the Wedding Film Academy Facebook group to chat with other wedding filmmakers like yourself. Until next time, keep making movie magic.